Hello, everyone. We are back after a long hiatus. It's been a little bit. We're here to return. I wouldn't say long. We just not it's long. been a little. It's just um, been about a week and a half or so. A little but break. We wanted to come back, give you guys what tell you guys what we're thinking, how we're feeling about FPL, and most importantly, try to help you through these really kind of difficult complicated and jam-packed fixtures that are coming up with the festive season in the Premier League. Um, there's there's a lot going on, so we've got a lot to unpack in this episode. I think Paul and I are going to do a best job to simplify things as much as possible and try to give you guys some advice on how to navigate these kind of difficult times in the FBL season. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we're here for. Like, we are going to be your um, little FPL spiritual guides through this rough little run of fixtures, which... Honestly, I kind of really love the condensed fixtures. I know like midweek matches, some people miss it because of work and all these things. But like whenever you can really just enjoy like watching matches back to back to back to back. And it just feels like every day there's Premier League matches. It's it's honestly a great time to be a Premier League fan and to just enjoy the honestly, it's a good way to enjoy the holiday season, too. You know, it's, it is. Um, yeah. You it know. adds a different element to it. You get really. to yell at the television with your family, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's um, honestly we should maybe we should just do a whole episode one day d- devoted to mental health and FPL because that is some, very. I think it's in there need. is for sure one person on this podcast that we need to um, maybe have an intervention for. We'll um, I'll talk to Marina about this. We'll see. Is it someone's rank who's dropped one point five million over the past five games? I don't know. Maybe well, that's me. Maybe it's sure. somebody that has four letters in their names. That could be either one of us. Okay, so as we were alluding to, um, December is a very busy month for FPL. And just to lay it out for you all so you completely can picture it in your minds and in case you haven't gone gone this far forward yet. So in the month of December, we have we go from game week 14 all the way to game week 20. So we have... Seven game weeks in the month of December. Yeah, it's a lot. That's a lot, right? Um, and just so you can see how it's broken down, right? Game week 14 starts on Saturday, December 2nd. 15 starts on Tuesday, December 5th. 16, Saturday, December 9th. So it is jam-packed, right? And it continues on like that through December. But as we can see, there's not a lot of time between fixtures. A lot of these teams are going to be playing with two, three days of rest, right? Um, And, you know, the ones competing in European competition, that's not much of a change for them. But it is going to impact how we want to manage our teams and also the types of players we want to target for our teams, especially if you're making transfers in right now. Um, Paul, do you have any kind of, any notes on that outside of what I just said? Yeah, I think it's already been an injury-riddled season and there's been a lot of... um I think as FPL managers, we've seen a lot of our options kind of dwindle out as the season's gone on, and there's not as much diversity, which, I mean, there's always differential, as we like to talk about. But especially this year, I mean, with, with all the injuries, we – I mean, it, it's kind of something where, especially now, we're going to see more injuries this run too, and we're going to see a lot more squad rotation. So it's just um, – it's already been kind of a tricky season to navigate, and it's only going to get more difficult. So it we're is. here to help with that. and. Sometimes, me and Luke, I think sometimes we're better at offering advice to other people than actually looking at our own teams at times. 
if you look at my rank, that can confirm that for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's kind of funny how that works, you know? It is. But I think the first piece of advice overarching that I would like to provide, right? With this in mind, that we have so many fixtures coming up, we're going to see a lot of rotation probably among squads, probably some more injuries. Injuries we can't manage, right? There's no way we can predict who's going to get hurt. What we can do is we can look for players who we think are rotation proof, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So, for example, Salah. If Liverpool's playing and he's healthy, he's going to be starting Premier League fixtures. Saka. Saka is a good example as well. Another example that someone will bring back on the pot talk about a little bit, Solanke with Bournemouth. He's someone who, if Bournemouth are playing, he's going to be on the pitch mm-hmm. and he's going to be in dangerous positions. Um, so you want to kind of be looking for players like that. that Consistency. Consistency that you know you can X, rely on. X minutes, right? X minutes. That's a big stat for this. Um, and the second point I wanted to make is we really want to be working to deepen our benches at this point, right? Having those players on your bench that you're not sure if they're going to play, maybe you have some injuries lingering around, you really want to try to focus on making sure that you have at least one really good sub and, well, preferably you want two really good subs, in my opinion. So you're saying this is a good time to diversify our holdings, I think so, right? Just deepen, right? Yeah. Deepen deepen your options. um, And that way, you know, if you have a couple players not play, injuries pop up, then at least you're getting some points. And in a run of fixtures like this, that will make a big difference. Yeah. And I I think the interesting thing too right now, though, because we see some like lower priced, maybe especially midfield options and maybe some forwards, like you said, Solanke. And you have lower tier options like Palmer or... I guess as a, but he's out now. So maybe Elise is possible. I think Palace yeah. don't have a terrible run of fixtures. Douglas Louise is a great option too. I think he's, Kudos um, is actually good too. Kudos has been good. Yeah. He, so, disclaimer there, Kudos was out of the squad for West Ham today. They played in their Europa League fixture. So, so was Bowen. Yeah. So something to keep track of there. Um, but apparently Thomas Suchek just does everything for West Ham now. Yeah. Um, scores goals, defends, plays as a, Number 10, which I don't, God knows how that makes sense, but okay, David Moyes. David Moyes loves this man, so. So, yeah. uh, Yeah, I could go on about that for far too long. But um, I think going back to what we were talking about, right, we're looking for those players that you can really rely on and that, you know, are going to almost guarantee your points, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to. Take a little break, Luke, and then we can dive into some teams that we both want to target. Yeah, that sounds great. Into the, that sounds amazing. Um, into the, okay, one little, also one little caveat, too, before we go into yeah. individual teams and all that stuff and players, that if you haven't used your wild card yet heading into match week 19, right? It's the last. You can mm-hmm. play it going into match week 19, correct? Yep. So if you have that, just be aware of there's blanks, I think. I think City and Brentford blank in, what is it, they 17? Blank in 18. In 18. So there's um, there's going to be, like we said, the heavy congestion with blanks being around. Just remember you have that wild card and use it tactically in a, in a space that really matters for your team. Yeah, and if you haven't realign. used it up to this point, there are arguments for using it as soon as possible now, and then there's arguments for waiting as long as possible. Um, yeah. 
And it really kind of just depends on your team setup um, and kind of what you want to target. I think, mm-hmm. you know, speaking for myself, I have an idea of what I want to do. Um, and that will, I don't know if I'll address this on the pod. Because we have I, some. I have an idea too. We have some mini league rivals that might be listening. Yeah, listen, but, our mini league, like we have a mini league with some of, um, like we have our big mini league and there's a smaller mini league with people that we know personally, like our friends and everything. And that league is heating up right now. <laughs> It is. It's literally, there's like, I think four of us that are like right, right in there. And if you, um, you know, yeah, if say this was a scatter plot and, you know, everyone's up in the upper right corner, Luke's in the bottom left. <laughs> he just fell He's off. Struggling. <laughs> He's struggling. Um, on the X, Y axis. There were, there were holes wings. in Luke's parachute in FBO the last like four weeks. My so. wings have been clipped. Yeah, he's he's not. He flew with the sun for a little bit, but don't call me Icarus. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't say it. You're the one that said it. But all right. Well, um, since we addressed the wild card stuff, um, you gonna take a little break and we'll come back and talk about teams and all that stuff. That sounds great. We'll be right back. All right. All right, everybody. So we are back with Top Bins and Twins, and we're going to open the segment. I think we're going to kind of do like teams we want to target going forward with our um, with the holiday congestion and everything going on. But first, I want to ask Luke a question and see kind of get his opinion on something. Okay. He looks very scared right now, but trust me, you'll like this question. What do you think is the best rivalry in the Premier League at this moment? At this point in time, I think it's City Liverpool. Okay. At this point, right? If we look back historically, I think there's some other great rivalries. Um, oh, yeah. You know, obviously the Manchester rivalry, that's a huge one. Um, United, Newcastle? Arsenal, Tottenham. That's one that probably, you know, takes the cake, in my opinion, mm-hmm. perhaps, for historic rivalries. Um, United, Arsenal, also a really big two during... Um, Early going back in time, yeah. I don't know. It's it's difficult to say, but I would say the one that's most important to the past ten years would be Liverpool and City. I think the the amount of hatred and dislike probably comes between Arsenal and Tottenham. Yeah, I um, think so. So there's a competitive side to it and then but then there's also the you know pure hatred side i think that's tottenham and arsenal also just so everybody knows luke isn't like smoking like a pack a day he's just getting over a cold right now so i have this sickness (laughs) (laughs) and it's it's not leaving (laughs) it wasn't even on the first segment but on this segment like when he's been talking i'm like holy shit it's real gravelly (laughs) he's going to start singing some jazz over here (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) scuba (laughs) dave Funny, funny, funny. All right. Um, well, so I partly brought that up because we're going to dive deeper in the holiday stuff and all and everything going on. But this week, we actually have some interesting matches in the Premier League that I want to touch on really quickly. So there's um, Newcastle United, like we said, and that's a big rivalry match at St. James Park. And it wouldn't, with Newcastle and United, both of them are in really weird points of their seasons right now, where United mm-hmm. just lost to Gal Tilsaroy. And um, they drew. They drew in Turkey, but like, Tin Hog is really struggling. You can't find a system to implement. They're just not doing well. And then Newcastle, of course, with all the injuries and everything going on, there's mm-hmm. a lot of question marks around their team, but they still have been putting in some good performances. So we'll see how that one goes. And I'm also very interested to see Chelsea and Brighton play out, Luke. 
I think that'll be a super fun match with the way Chelsea's playing right now and Brighton. I feel like Brighton will be up for this one. I agree. I Sorry, I just got distracted because I was thinking about, you're talking about Manchester United. Their current expected points based upon XG, XA, all these different variables, they're expected to have about 17.4 points, right? Which would put them where in Which the table? Which would put them at... They're currently sixth uh, in the table. Like a 10th, 11th? Yeah, no, they're they're um, somehow they, they table, keep getting right? these like late winners that are just absolute garbage. They do, they do. Um, Hashtag Man United hater here. <laughs> I, I'm not even gonna lie. Yeah, um, but kind of going back to what you're talking about, like fixtures for this upcoming week. I think Chelsea Brighton is really interesting. Um, it's really like there's a lot of good fixtures for some of the top teams in the league. So Arsenal have Wol- Wolves, Brentford, one of the kind of more exciting tactical teams in the league. They have Luton at home, and that should Wolves. be a really interesting one for people to Cap- target. Brian, captaincy, question mark? That's a very hot topic right now in the FPL community. It's possible. And then you also have Liverpool and mainly Salah, right, with Fulham at home, um, and Erling Holland against um, Spurs, who are not starting a center back. <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on this upcoming week, um, a lot to unpack, and I think I you mean, know, we're not going that too deep on it though. We're not, we're not. And the most important thing I think when you're planning your transfers this week, don't get stuck in the mindset of just making a transfer for this one week. While it might look very enticing, make a transfer for players that you're going to want to have in your team for the next four, five, six weeks, um, because mm-hmm. as we said with the upcoming run of fixtures and how condensed the schedule is, you're going to want players who you can rely on and you expect to perform well, regardless of who they're playing against. Yes, totally agree. So um, you want to pivot, Luke, towards yeah, let's, what we're seeing going forward? Let's have you share your first team that you are that you think have the best run of fixtures upcoming. Um, so this one is... I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> My bias is coming out in the first pick here. Actually, you know, actually, we, we won't do that because that, that's too. Um, the first team that I would love to target, but it's really difficult for me, is Liverpool. Okay. So they have Fulham at home, which we talked about just now. Great fixture for them. Sheffield away, still a good fixture. Palace away, good fixture. United at home, great fixture. Arsenal at home, very difficult. Burnley away, pretty pretty good fixture. And so this is a team that we've seen over the last, what is it, the last, shit, um, the last couple weeks, even on the midweeks, all this stuff, they've just been scoring goals. Liverpool, yeah. Yes, they've been getting, like, I mean, so if you look at, they, when they played City, which is kind of a caveat, probably the best team in the Prem, they scored one goal. Brentford, three, had one against Luton, three against Forrest, two against Everton, two against Brighton. Like, they're scoring goals, and we know that it's going to be Sala, like he's going to be involved. If, if there's there's probably a 85% chance if Liverpool score three goals, he's going to be involved with one of them, right? There's a 100% chance. If there's a 1% chance Sala scores, it's a 100% chance he's going to make it. Yeah. If you follow the numbers on that. Yeah, 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 whatever. But um, the to me, Sala is the clear cut. He's the gem of this team. When we look at if you just do the eye test numbers, everything. Okay. It's well, Salah. Paul, the interesting question here: Who on Liverpool would you pick if you couldn't pick Slaw? Say you already have him in your team. Mm-hmm. Who would you go for? So it's difficult because 
we saw Gakpo scored two midweek in their midweek Europa League fixture. And we also saw Sal get an assist, Sal get a goal. And we also saw Nunes score two. So there's, for me, the forward line is way too difficult to predict. And I don't want to bring in a forward at this point that's not going to start consistently. So the forwards are out for me. I'm, okay. I'm not bringing in a Liverpool forward, which, I mean, you could say Nunes has had great moments this year. But like I said, it, with both him and Gakwo, we don't know who Klopp's going to start. We don't know who he's going to play. So to me, the the next option is Diaz. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I I think I personally lean more towards Dominique Sabazalai. Just I mean hear he's me gonna out. get the minutes. Hear me out. He's on set pieces. With the position he plays, he gets forward. He has opportunities to where he can take shots outside the box and he has a really, really great foot on him where he strikes the ball well. He does. And I feel like with him we know we're going to get 90 minutes out of him. Yeah. With Diaz. That's valid. Not quite sure. Even if he starts, he's probably only going to play 60 to 70 minutes. But we should also say, though, with Jota being out, it seems like Diaz is a lot more of a lock to be playing on the left side. So, a little pivot here for you. I think if I had to bring in a Liverpool player that was not Salah, I would probably bring in Trent. At his price tag? At his price tag. Interesting. So it would be very team dependent, right? Because not a lot of people could get the funds to do that. Why do you think Trent? So the the thing that I am thinking right here is, is that if we look at Newcastle's run over the next three fixtures, especially I'm just going to take it for three at a time. Yeah. So Newcastle play United... Everton and Spurs. Those are going to be difficult for Trippier to keep a clean sheet. And we know Trippier can get results. Like he's an FPL God. Like he just gets results. But like this team is just worn down right now. So I don't back them to get clean sheets. And that's part of the appeal of Trippier is last year they were a fortress. And it kind of changed parts of the year. Parts of the year. But I mean, we know Trippier can get assists. He can get goals. He can do all these things. But like, I just think that Liverpool are in a better place but right my, now. Trent has been coming thing, on lately. My thing is Trent had a goal, right? He had an eight-pointer against um, against City. He had a seven-pointer before that against Brentford where he got the clean sheet. But he does not have an attacking return outside of that until you go back to game week four against yeah. Villa where he had an assist. Yeah. Right? So I just – I don't see the historical, you know, like, data backing that up but at the same time i'm of a similar mindset where i feel like trent is primed to go on that run mm-hmm. at this point it would be very early and you would be you know an early adopter if you're bringing yeah. him in and also to like the big thing that i like is that i think what Trippier's ownership is like 49 percent and trent's is 8.9 trent is, is 8.9 so that's yeah. actually a pretty big differential and the price point i mean I mean, Trippier, you go from 7.0 to Trent at what? What is he like? Trent's 7.9. 7.9. I mean, yeah. it's manageable. Honestly, I can do it within my team. So possibly, who knows? But Something on, to think I, about, I do yeah. like that, though. Yeah. But, like, that's, that's no, enticing. I'm, I'm not against that at all. I think I think he's a good option. Um, but yeah, that's Liverpool is probably my first team to really target. Yeah. Um, for me personally, I think that 
Liverpool was one of the teams I was going to target as well, so we covered that. I think a really enticing team um, that I see a lot of people talking about is Arsenal, right? Arsenal that's who, have that's a who I was gonna really say. nice run of fixtures. They so game week fourteen they have Wolves at, at home. They go to Luton in fifteen. They play Villa in sixteen at um, Villa Park, mm-hmm. and then they have Brighton at home. Which is a good fixture, which honestly. All way. four of those, with the way that all these teams play, are going to be really good fixtures for Arsenal attackers, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they play Liverpool after that. Like it's a little more difficult. But then they have four great fixtures after that as well. So I see a lot of people targeting Arsenal to double up on their defense. That's the big narrative right now. But that narrative flips on its head. The second that Linz gives up five, six goals, six goals, six, I believe, with Georgino's penalty. And go ahead. But they give up six goals, and then immediately FPL managers have to be thinking, how do I get into that attack? It's reactionary, dude. Right? It it is. That's the nature of the game. But I think it's a great opportunity for people to get in early on Arsenal's attack, whether it's Sokka, who's a great option, very reliable. Mm-hmm. Martinelli, he's looked a lot better, scored a goal um, in their um, Champions League match midweek. Odegaard maybe, right? I mean, he seems due, right? It's, yes. It feels like he's. Uh, it's got to be going right. He's too talented for it to not happen. Um, and then also maybe Jesus, right? He's a great player, extremely talented, just maybe doesn't like scoring goals. <laughs> yeah, but he does so much for that. For that Arsenal attack. Yeah, so there's a lot to be excited about if you own Arsenal assets. You're forgetting I think. about somebody, Luke. Uh, defensively or Declan Rice? Kai Havertz. Oh, Kai Havertz, yeah. Coming two on goals for sure. And two goals in two games. Yeah. No, the we, haters. We definitely love to see in their Kai Havertz. Um, you know, he's managed to persevere through the time with Chelsea and come out the other end. Um, yeah. So, uh, real, real quick about Havertz. I, I mentioned him, but I really don't think that he's like crazy viable as an Arsenal asset because I mean there's just better options. Like I think if his it's a conversation that if his price point was lower and you could get into it easier, like if he was maybe around Trossard's price point, possibly. Trossard's also a, a sneaky shout to get an Arsenal attack if if you want a differential in Arsenal attack, he's Here, probably the one. But remember, the whole thing we're talking about is we want people who are locked in the starting eleven. No, I totally get it. Right. I'm just saying, like, like a wild uh, differential for people out there. Yeah, you know? and that that's what that is. Is that's you know, he could be great, but he could not start. Right. So be yeah. very 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 mindful with that decision. I think. Um, what was the second team you were going to pick, Paul? For your um, let me run up, of fixtures. Let me pull up my notes. So Arsenal was the next big one. Um, Let's see. Yeah. So the next one that I want to talk about is, um, let's see. I'll I just go I've with, got. No, I'm going to, I think um, next one I want to talk about is Brentford. Uh, nice. Okay. So Brentford, they have a run of fixtures where they play Luton at home this week. Hello. Thank you, Brian. Please give me returns. And then Brighton away, which is still a good attacking fixture. Sheffield away, still good. Austin Villa at home, which is that game's going to be pretty wild. That'll be a fun one. And then they have a blink in 18, which sucks. And then they play Wolves at home, too. So but I think keep this in mind um, as well. With Brentford and we'll talk about City here in a second. It is speculated that their blank in 18 will be rescheduled for 20. 
So that means that Brentford would double. have Manchester City and Crystal Palace in 20. Um, but conversely, City would also have, um, let's see who they have. They would have Sheffield and Brentford in 20, which would be a very juicy double. Mm-hmm. So keep going. So I think it's pretty obvious at this point that the talisman for this Brentford attack is Brian Mbomo. And he's just, he's going to be around goals. Last week, he should have scored against Arsenal. He had a great chance, and it just didn't work out for him. I mean, it just Rice made a good save on the end Declan line. Rice is too good. Yeah, which I, I was kind of torn about that. <laughs> but, um, Rice, Rice, baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think um, if you don't have Brian and you want somebody else, I think Lisa or Jensen are probably the two options to go for and we so easily being the the second option to Brian. You don't like Neil Mappe? No, I've never been a fan Not of him. Not a fan. Never well, been a fan. He's he's interesting, right? If he plays, I feel like he's a good option. Yeah. We know he converts his chances. Wissa, questionable, right? Yeah. He he had a good start to the year and didn't continue after that. But mm-hmm. um, Wissa is a great option, a really interesting option in my opinion. He's someone yeah. that I highlighted as well that. Against these teams, he's going to be in good positions. If he converts his chances, he'd be an incredible differential to have in your team. Yeah, I I agree with you completely, dude. Yeah. Um, that that's, I th- I think they have a good run of fixtures. Brentford are kind of, I think we've seen the way they play. They're gonna have some really good weeks, and they're also gonna have bad weeks. You know, like it's just kind of up and down. So they're a little bit of a question mark, I think, going in every week. But they also have the way they play. Sets up very well for one play and one player, especially Brian. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say from game week 14 to 17, I think Brentford are going to get two penalties, just with the I way they so. play. Hasn't happened in a while. Yeah, and I feel like I'm just I'm just filling it right. That's yeah. my last year. They had so many freaking pens. They did. As, as Kyle would yeah. remember, he had Ivan Tony, who literally I feel like every week was getting a pin yeah. at a certain point. So the pin That's also it. another thing, too, about Brentford that we have to remember that Tony is going to be back after January. He will be, which will which be. Which he may be sold, but we'll see. There's but, a lot of rumors. So that's not until game week 21. <laughs> yeah, but that's, I mean, that's which, when we're talking about the. the thing, right. It's something to think about, right? But we're currently at game week 14. On December second, <laughs> then game week twenty one is t- January twentieth. Yeah. Right, so we've got a month and a half till that comes around. Um, just, just, just a yeah, little something, preamble. Something to people. keep in mind. Yeah, something to keep in mind. All right, Luke, do you have a team you want to talk about now? Yes, I do. Um, and that team is Manchester City. Ooh, interesting. <coughs> I actually didn't have them on my list. Manchester City. So from game week fourteen to 18 they're gonna blank then they go tottenham who are not starting center backs aston villa with their extremely high line that is very dangerous and could get them torn apart against city and then they play luton away crystal palace at home they blank at 18 they go everton sheffield newcastle burnley and they could possibly have a double in 20 where they play Sheffield and they play Brentford as well. So, so that's a good run of fixtures. It's a great run of fixtures. Especially so, after the Villa. Point number one, if you don't have Holland, get him back. I think he's going to have a couple matches where he just explodes. 
through this run of fixtures. Um, and secondly, I think that there's a huge opportunity in bringing, bringing in Jeremy Doku because I think that Pep has shown if he wants someone to create, use his agility and his footwork to get past people, he wants to go with Doku. And in these fixtures that I'm looking at, I think Luton are going to sit deep. Crystal Palace will sit deep. Everton will sit deep. Sheffield will sit deep. Newcastle is going to be tough. He wants someone who can create with the ball at his feet that's going to go one-on-one with defenders and go past them. I think Doku is going to be that person for them. Um, so. So that is my shout for City, that Doku could be a great FPL asset through this run of festive fixtures. Um, he is currently at an ownership of, let's see, of 8.6%. He's going to cost you $6.7 million as of um, filming this. And he's averaging 4.8 points per match, which is pretty good, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. for someone that cheap, we, we're happy with that. Um, and he's shown that he can just massively explode. Like in game week 11, 22 points. Yeah. It's the highest returner for the week. Um, so he is definitely someone to keep an eye on and someone to think about bringing in your team. Yeah, I think Doku's a good shout. Um, I think to follow up your point, if I had to go with anybody other than Holland and Doku, it would probably be Foden at the moment. Yeah, yeah. No, you he's, you know I'm a big fan of Foden. He, yeah, he looks like he's really starting to fit in with the city team and I like mean, really he's been a looking i think he's been looking like this the whole season yeah. it's just he's been honestly he wasn't right. finding the back of the net is what it yeah. was yeah mm-hmm. so, um, so yeah he's a sneaky my, little shout. so my two other teams that i was gonna highlight were chelsea and newcastle i think they've got great runs of fixtures um cole palmer is gonna be extremely popular amongst people yeah and cuckoo coming back i would avoid as of now because X minutes. X minutes. That's all we need to say. Um, but both extremely exciting teams. I think Newcastle I feel a little bit better about myself. Um, Chelsea, There's not a lot as of much. question marks, dude. A lot of a lot of question marks around Newcastle right now. I mean, they just like with all the injuries, I just don't know week to week. Like, because I mean, think about it. So if we look at this as a I don't know, just this kind of holistic perspective that like, so they started out the year very well, had the same players, all this stuff. People start getting hurt. They have to start playing the same players more and more, and they have injuries as that goes on. So I think these players that are still healthy have a really good chance of getting hurt more now because they're being pushed so hard through Champions League, through all these things, and they already have players that are usually pretty injury-prone. like so it wouldn't surprise me. Like, obviously, I don't want this to happen, but if we see more injuries in this Newcastle team as time goes on, yeah, no, I think that's very likely. But so hopefully it doesn't happen. But I mean, yeah, there's something to be aware of. You know, whenever whenever we're making transfers, though, we can't try to predict injuries that come up, right? I, I see know, what you're saying. You think a, they might be more avoiding prone avoiding certain players that are more injury prone, especially when we're talking about getting players that are going to play every match of this congested fixture, right? Run. But then that's Maybe a positive too at the, the same one. time, right? Because if we think there's no suitable backup for them, say Anthony Gordon, there's no one who's going to come in and take his place. But that's also just proving my point of what I'm saying. That right. But that from if he's playing every minute of these games and we know he already has an ability to be more susceptible to injury. True. 
that it's more possible that if he's my playing point, in a congested round of fixtures, he's going to get hurt. You my know? point being, though, if you don't want to be as risk averse, Gordon would be a great person because you know he's playing. So, yeah, 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 something to keep in mind, right? Um, yeah, but I also I do like the Chelsea shot, though. I mean, yeah, the run of fixtures, fixtures is really good going forward, and it seems like they're starting to turn turn a corner a little bit as a team. So it does, doesn't it? Yeah. You think? Um, do you think anybody out there wants to hop back on the Nicholas Jackson bandwagon? I don't know. He was someone that I highlighted as a really interesting option. Um, obviously, his numbers are very skewed because of the Tottenham match where he, you know, missed thirty five chances, but somehow was, managed to get three to go in. Those uh, honestly, those were the craziest Premier League. Like, I was just surprised that he celebrated the hat trick because I didn't know if there was much to celebrate. If I'm that was be crazy, dude. Honestly, that was insane. That match was. That's probably his top three Premier League match of the year so far. Oh, it has to be. Like mm-hmm. that one was nuts. It would have been. I really wish it would have avoided the Reds, right? Because it yeah. would have been such a fun match to watch outside of that. Um, but still, ended up being a great spectacle altogether. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other teams that you want to highlight, Paul? Um, I have West Ham on my list because they so they go to a Crystal. They play Crystal Palace at home. Spurs away, which as we talked about. They're very susceptible to goals right now. Fulham away, Wolves at home, United at home. And to me, I mean, I think that when I look at this West Ham team, if Bowen is healthy, he just seems like the option because he's he's kind of like Sokka in a way that like he's just he just chips away at points, you know. And it may it may not seem like much over like. If you look look at him in any given week, you're like, oh, he got me five points this week, blah, 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 all this stuff. But, like, if you look at that over 38 game weeks, if he gets you five points every week or even four or whatever, that means a lot more than somebody gets you 12 than zero, 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 you know? So mm-hmm. so I think he's, he's just going to be consistent. He's going to be a big part of their attack. They've kind of, like, bounced back and forth a little bit this year, but... I don't know. He just seems like Bowen just seems like I he's going to get results for us. I will say Bowen is one of the highest XG over performers. Yeah. So if there's a period where he reverts back to the mean, statistically, it wouldn't be shocking to see that. Stats guy. But it just seems like he has an innate knack to, you know, if he gets an opportunity, he takes advantage of it. Yeah. Um, kind of almost the exact opposite of Darwin Nunez, who. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's just, you know, not say he's gr- he's just not great at putting the ball in the back of the net sometimes. So Yeah, he's young. He's young. He'll he'll get there eventually. All um, good things take time. Do you have anything else you want to talk about, Luke? Um I do not think that I do. Uh I just want to, you know, put out a friendly handshake out there to all those people who are doing great in FPL. Let them know I'm gonna catch them at some point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> One day. What, ten years from now? My current overall rank is 2,344,482. I have dropped from 495,000 in the world all the way down to that. So it's been a rough stretch for me lately, but I will be back. I'm still gunning for the top spot. I don't know if it's feasible, but I'm going to try. Okay, so um, I am going to say something that's rebuttal really what Luke just said. Don't play the game based on rank. I I don't like that. I really to me I really don't like. I mean, it, that's how you, if you want to do it, it matters a lot of stuff. And like, yeah, it sucks whenever you see your rank drop. But like, I think the main focus should be 
the team you have and how can you put out the best team that week, you know? Oh, that I mean, that's always my focus, like right? That's, is that's, that's what really matters at the end of the day. My thing, right, is am I making the right decisions? And if it doesn't play out on the pitch... <laughs> History would it. say no. <laughs> History says that I have, um, through my transfers over the last four weeks, um, made an ultimate plus minus of negative 21 points. Yeah, so you've been struggling. But, Luke... I'm not. I'm not completely invalidating what you said. I think rank does matter, but to be caught up in it, like, do you think your teams? Let's just real quick. Do we think your team has been performing, like, underperforming each week, or do you think it's the team you're putting out? My team has been highly underperforming. Okay. If you're you're happy with that, firmly believe that, right? Um, I took some speculative chances, right? I brought in Hoyland. He led the league in XG multiple weeks that I had him. Still didn't score. If you saw the opportunities, you would not like he should have put the ball in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. Um, I brought in Odegaard a day before they announced that he had a serious injury. Um, and that, that one, he was going to be rough. out. That one hurt. I brought in Martinelli, he hasn't been great so far. Um, I think it's going to turn soon. And then I brought in Douglas Louise and I brought in um, Paul, Paul Torres with yeah, Villa scored last week. Um, and he was on my bench for that, so it was Douglas yeah. Louise for his assist. Yeah, so I, get that. I just I'm picking the right players. I think they're underperforming. And I think I need to, you know, move more towards more reliable players too. So Yeah. I, I think that's kind of my whole point here, Luke, is that like I think a lot of the stuff we get wrapped up in this game as FPL managers is is like there's so many variables you can't control. Like honestly, we, we have no control over honestly. We just control what team you put out. But like when you're in a when it's a soccer match and there's like what like I don't know how many games each weekend what like fourteen whatever it is how many ten ten games a weekend like whenever that happens there's so many independent variables that you never know like a a, ra- a random red card a different all these things that like I mean you could put you James could, yeah literally like you can have a player like Luke said Hoyland who has the highest xG in a week and you make the right decision and it just doesn't work out so my whole point my whole thesis. We don't need to be as wrapped up in it. We can care about the game, but for it to ruin our weeks, I don't know. I no, I do definitely. it all the time. There there is a it. certain type of this goes with any fantasy sport, right? There's a certain investment that a lot of people put into it that ultimately you can't control what happens. Yeah, all you can do is make an educated decision, try to do the best you can, and as soon as soon as you're judging the results then you're in trouble, right? Because it should be your decision-making process ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Once the ball gets kicked on the pitch, there's nothing you can do to control that. Completely 100% agree. As always, there's a lot of luck involved with this. Mm -hmm. I, I don't care who you are, how good you are, whatever your rank is, you know, there's, it's more than likely that luck is a, is a part of why you're where you're at. Yeah. Yeah, Whether you're, Second overall or your five million overall. Yeah. And still, you know, just I don't know. It, it's just it's a very difficult game and sport to try to manage. It is, it is. And that's honestly the unpredictability is what makes it fun, you know? It is. Yep. It is. Definitely, for sure. But um I think this has been a fun little podcast. It's been good yeah. to do this again. Yeah, no, I hope I really hope that we gave you guys some good advice. Um try to help you work through this really difficult time as FPL managers where there's just so many matches in a short mm-hmm. amount of time. So also, um, everybody enjoyed the holiday season, everything coming up. Just, um, it's always a fun time of the year. So just enjoy yeah, it for with sure. people you care about, you know? Um, well, thank you guys so much for joining us. 
hopefully next time on the podcast i'm not nasally um, yeah, it's okay the jazz voice kind of worked for you <laughs> scoopity bop bop <laughs> Well, we'll be back next time, but we won't be doing any jazz. So sorry about that. We'll see about that. You never know. Thanks, everyone. Have a good rest of your day. See you guys.